Call to Action Episode 4 A Contract for Better Design Intro to the Podcasting Series This is the last out of four podcasting episodes aiming to bring together a community of user experience practitioners, advocates for people with disabilities and professionals interested in usability, accessibility and user research methods. Those looking for ways to make a case for accessibility and quality assurance in design are encouraged to use this series of podcasts as a call to action for positive change in their design communities. Hello and thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Zoe Marmara. Any person that has ever employed any design thinking method is familiar with the meaning of empathy. To empathize in design is to put your own ideas and predispositions aside and just to understand the ideas, thoughts and needs of others. This is not design thinking per se, but it is a huge part of it. With empathy, design thinking provides a socio-ethical framework for professionals in design to help gain a deeper appreciation and understanding of others. I am curious. What was happening in design before IDEO's design thinking guide? Were we surrounded by cold-blooded designers? Was there even a master plan to recruit naive designers to the cult of apathy? Empathy was not invented by IDEO, although it owes the company its grown popularity and fame. All humans are empathic, designers as well. Empathy was developed, as neuroscientists say, by the needs of humans to live in small bands and operate as a team. More than 2 million years ago, in the human brain, a remarkable neural architecture started shaping for empathy, language, cooperative planning, altruism and social cognition. And somehow we evolved to become homo sapiens, the wise men. The humans with the social and cognitive skills necessary to empathize among others. What always bothered me in design thinking is that it is not a design but a thinking method. It is a deliberate, systematic process that results in working productively for the benefit of people who live in dire circumstances, such as low-income women in East Africa. Especially designers who have the chance to add such new perspectives to their work have gained the opportunity to become supporters of the idea to design a better future together. Unintentionally, IDEO developed a skill that is learned and has the potential to empower the UX team with creativity and innovation. That is, if empathy is present in the design team. So before empathizing with the user, It is essential that the designer empathizes with the team. If we don't have that, then we have a team collaboration with bad prospects. What I find absurd is that designers often develop a persistent focus in seeking empathy in the same manner that people develop fixations with drinking, smoking and eating. Let's call the designer's fixation the UX fixation. This is a pleasure-seeking activity. The designer gains a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment by supposedly employing user research methods in design. 
So after having their first tactile experience with a sticky note, they are stuck. They will be spending $700 on design thinking post-it notes before you know it. In this context, design thinking becomes an addiction that grows designers overly obsessed with empathy and sticky notes. Now, for the designer who is fixated on sticky notes, personas, storyboards, framing design problems, get out! You must develop the sense of we. Let's become a team. Dalai Lama said, once you are able to develop that sense of common humanity, then naturally you will want all others to be free from suffering and enjoy happiness. Suffering is when a UX team can't work together because the designer is UX fixated, the UX researcher is siloed, team members are not team players, and the person responsible for leading the team is doing anything other than what they are supposed to be doing, which is pulling the team together. Before design thinking comes team thinking, and empathy in the workplace is happiness. Empathic managers make great teams. In fact, I have a couple of examples in my office. Greg Gregory helps creating collaborative cultures through teamwork by presenting workshops on team building. In his HDI article, he defines a team as a group of individuals who support and respect each other, feel comfortable to present diverse points of view and challenge each other, pursue objectives on a mutually agreed-upon course, and their skills complement and advance each other. Lots of empathy in this. However, complementing and advancing each other can be misleading, Role overlaps are not beneficial for the team. Each role works as a quality assurance lock to maintain quality work and overlaps can cause significant risks. I found amusing that we think that individual employees are the building blocks of organizations when the truth is that organizational effectiveness is built upon people who collectively contribute and keep the company alive. Two and a half million years of human evolution occurred because of the deep-rooted propensity to feel the emotions of others. You can't beat the empathic team. No UX in that, just biology and cognitive science. So what am I saying here? I am hereby launching a contract for better design. The challenges that design teams face today are daunting, but if we work together, we can establish professional ethics, promote our well-being, and create better products. The company will tear down silos, recruit and select the right people to lead, and establish a structure of work relationships where individuals are trained and rewarded to act jointly to achieve common goals. Managers will commit to ethical behavior, establish clear objectives and clear roles for each member of the team, accept that by not establishing clear goals 
and roles for the team, they cause recognizable harm, and always act for the benefit of their teams, not with empathy, but with ethical responsibility. The team will act to clearly define, understand well, and respect the role of every individual team member, push for clear goals and objectives, and be alert of overlapping of roles, ensure that the work assignment is always within the team members' areas of competence, feel comfortable to present diverse points of view and challenge each other, and pursue objectives on a mutually agreed-upon course. Educators will teach professionals a code of ethics and professional conduct. Consider how the results of their teaching meet learning needs and how they actively contribute to the benefit of the professional community. Seek and utilize appropriate professional review at all times and provide constructive and critical review to the work of other educators at all times. If bad design exists out there, it is because persons qualified to teach and educate other people about good design are unable to accomplish their assigned duties. We commit to uphold these principles and to engage in a deliberative process to build a full contract for better design. By now you may have a question. Who is we? We is you and your design team. Feel free to write down the above guidelines on sticky notes and fixate on better design. Finally, I am Zoe Marmara and I encourage you to think of your role and responsibilities in the UX design team and of the benefits you can bring as an individual who strives to design quality products. I hope this series of podcasts has inspired you to contribute to design, society and human well-being. As a professional, I advise you to always give increased attention and priority to the ethical principles that guide your profession. Thank you very much for your time.